All right. Give God a shout. That's That was awesome. <clears throat> I think we've already had church. We can just go home now. That was that was so good. Oh, man. Whew. Strong up here tonight. Just lift your hands. Lord, we just thank you tonight for what you're pouring out, the rivers of glory that you're pouring out in this place. Lord, we just step in. We just step into the pool tonight. We step into the pool of blessing, the pool of healing. The, we step into that anointing of overflow that you're, you're releasing tonight. Somebody say overflow. There's an anointing of overflow God wants to release on you tonight. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to just open up your mouth. Oh, this is going to get dangerous. <laughs> this is going to get dangerous in here. I want you to open your mouth. I want you to take a big drink. I want you to say, ha, ha, ho, ho. He he. You got to open your mouth. Zika la da mamba da ma shere de bomba da mamba da mamba da mamba. Woo! Power, 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 power tonight, Lord. You got to open your mouth. This is really important. You got to say ha ha. Ho ho. He he. Woo. <laughs> contagious joy tonight, Jesus. Just release contagious joy. Help us come to the waters tonight, Lord. Help, just help us. Help us to take a big drink. Some of you need to be praying this in your heart tonight. Lord, make me a wine barrel in the spirit. I want to be a contagious wine barrel in the spirit, Lord. Oh, I dare you to just take a drink tonight. I, I dare you to open your mouth and, and take a drink. And I, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it's sometimes it's too much thinking and not enough drinking. That's a word for somebody. Too much thinking, not enough drinking. Sometimes people work so hard to... There's an ease in the glory. You just step in. You just slip right in. You just got to get out of your mind. That's the key. Got to get out of your mind and take a drink. You drink and you start to see things. That's how this works. I got one more night with you. I'm going to hit you and run. Pull R.W. Shambach. Come on, one more time. Lift your hands right now. Just say, out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of my belly will flow 
the joy of the Lord. Come on, tilt your head back, take a drink tonight. Lord, release it. Lord, release a wave. Lord, release another wave. On this side of the room, Lord, I just ask you would release the biggest wave. Drink, 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 drink. Come on, release on your neighbor right now. Just lay, lay hands on your neighbor. They're going to get the Holy Ghost. They're not going to get COVID. I promise you tonight. Look at this whole row right here. This is like a electricity just flowing through this row. Just... This whole row is anointed. Lord, thank you for this row tonight. Fire, joy, 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 contagious joy. Ooh, it's contagious. Contagious joy tonight, Lord. Just, just release it. Release it. You're even healing someone on these back rows here of, of a left shoulder problem. You're, you're touching them right now. Is that you, sir? That's you. You're like three feet from me. I just felt that my shoulder light on fire. God's touching that tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord. Woo, come on, you're not drinking enough tonight. I, I, I need you to tilt your head back and take a drink tonight, church. There it is. There it is. There it is. It's the river of God. Come to the waters tonight. Come to the waters. You can come freely or I'm going to drag you there. One of the, either way, you're coming to the waters tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. This is contagious joy tonight. Contagious fire. Contagious joy. Woo! Oh, it's hitting this row now, right here. See how that works? See what happens? Just, I want these whole, these two rows, just stand, just stand to your feet. Just hold hands, stand to your feet. These two rows right here, this third back row, just stand to your feet. Lift your hands. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a wave right now because what's going to happen is electricity is going to come. Lord, I pray 
the joy of the Lord would be released on them. I pray the lightnings of God, I pray the fire of heaven would hit these rows right now. That it would start here and go all the way down. Fire in Jesus' name. Electricity of heaven. Electricity of God. Whoa. Open your mouth. Say ha ha. Say ho ho. Say he he. I know it's Rodney Howard Browns, but I'm stealing it tonight. I'm using it for God's glory. How's that shoulder, man? Come on. It's good? Oh, praise God. People getting, people getting healed this weekend. Uh, financial miracles are happening, and it's going to continue. Amen? Man, if I was you and I needed a financial miracle, I'd be like, amen, hallelujah, it's happening. I take it. It's a favor of God. Somebody say favor. That's how you find a good wife is you find favor. There's a saying in the Champ household, if you don't have money, then favor will do. Hallelujah. I had a lot of favor. Favor. <laughs> favor of the Lord. Oh, man, I feel something tonight. I just feel, I just feel wells are springing up tonight. Wells of living water are beginning to bubble up. You're, you're beginning to bubble. I'm beginning to bubble. And we're, we're at a, a, another place of glory tonight. We're, we're, we're reaching that place of, of the overflow anointing. David said, Lord, you, you, you fill my cup with oil. You, you, you fill my cup to overflow. Somebody say overflow. God's beginning to tip those bowls. God's beginning to overflow within us. Lots happening in the room. There's healing in the room right now. Healing in the room right now. Just, just if I'm, t I want to pray again. I know Miles prayed, but I feel like some of you, when he prayed, even felt fire. How many of you felt fire begin to fall on you, on your body? Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now. You need a healing, because there's an atmosphere right now for healing power, for healing virtue. So, Lord, I thank you for for releasing fire, for, le for releasing virtue upon us now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you for releasing virtue in Jesus' mighty name. You just need to, you just need to pull on the virtue that's in the room right now. Receive the virtue.
Somebody give God a shout. Who's, who's feeling fire right now on your body? Who's, who feels fire on your body? Like you came and, and you're feeling fire on your body. You have warmth in your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you feel, you feel fire? Do you need a healing in your eye? We're going to go for healing tonight, man. I'm telling you, it's here. But I, I spoke last night about those of you that feel fire in your hands. That's, that's a healing anointing being imparted to you. So you're receiving that. Did, didn't I prophesy over you about a healing anointing? See, that's it right there, man. You got it. It's in your hands. Now you just need to begin to pray for people, and it's going to be released in greater measure. Greater measure. Oh, some of you need to get jealous in here. You say, I want that fire in my hands. Tonight I want to do some things. I, I want to. I want to stir some things up in the spirit. I want to prophesy some things over the house and just release some things that the Lord has really put on my heart this season prophetically and where I believe God is taking us as the church. So can I do that tonight? Do I have liberty to, to somebody say prophesy? prophesy? Somebody say prophesy, Jesse. Prophesy, when I'm not... Pro when I'm not prophet, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh man, it's gonna be fun tonight. I love flowing in this. I love being here because I was I was telling Miles earlier. It's like flowing out of a well like there's something already been dug here so you just tap in it when you get behind the pulpit and uh god's gonna release some things in the atmosphere tonight the well is where it's right there that's awesome so i want to share this dream with you because uh this is something the lord gave me recently and the Lord said, Jesse, this dream is not just for you, but this is for leaders in the body of Christ right now. This is what I'm doing in the church and what, I, what I'm doing uh, throughout America. And one of the things that the Lord said to me was that he's raising up eagles' nests. And so this is a house, I prophesied this last night, that this is a house where God is going to raise up eagles. And this is a training and equipping center. And this is what God is doing in this place. And um, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But you're going to be blessed by this because this really blessed me this season. Because I was traveling every weekend and the power of God was being released. But I felt, I felt pretty exhausted. How many, how many of you know you can get to a place where you're, you're, you're doing work for the Lord, you're doing good things, but in your body you begin to feel, you can feel weak, you can feel tired. And so I was ministering to the Lord one night, and the Lord gave me this dream. And I was sitting on this porch, and I looked out to my right, and there were all these woods. And what flew out of the woods was a hummingbird. 
And the Lord started to speak to me through this hummingbird. I felt the sweet presence of the Lord come. And the Lord was speaking to me through this hummingbird. And he said, I'm going to strengthen you this season. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing, the sacrifice you're making. And you are one of my eagles. So I looked over to the woods again and out flew this beautiful eagle. And it landed on my shoulder. The power of God hit me. And I awoke from this dream, and the Lord said, release this dream because this is for my eagles this season. And some of us are planted regionally. Some of us are international. But we're all eagles. How many know that the eagle represents the office of a prophet? Not everybody's a prophet, but we're all eagles. We're a prophetic company and God is gathering the eagles this season and this is the scripture the Lord gave me and uh, I believe it's Isaiah 41 if I'm if I'm not mistaken let me just flip over there Forty thirty one says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and will not faint. So the word of the Lord for you is that you would mount up with wings as eagles. Somebody needs to take this word right now. Come on, because you know what God is doing? He's causing you to shake off the lethargicness. He's causing you to shake off the doubt and the unbelief, the weariness. And he's going to strengthen you with the spirit of might, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know that Samson was strengthened with the spirit of might? The spirit of might. The Lord said the spirit of might is coming upon the church. The spirit of might is coming upon you tonight in New Hampshire. How many of you want the spirit of might? The Lord said, Jesse, I'm going to release strength over my body and the spirit of might. So I want to pray this over you right now. And I just want you to lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now for the spirit of might. Lord, the spirit of might that would come upon the body of Christ this hour, that would strengthen us in the inner man, that would empower us. Lord, as we wait upon you, we're strengthened in your presence, but you're causing a suddenly, a sudden strength, a sudden increase, and an acceleration even upon this house. There's coming an acceleration upon your ministry, Miles, and your family. There's an acceleration. And I even see the horn of David, and it's uh, Psalms 132, how the Lord caused the horn of David to bud. It's kingdom dominion. And so, Lord, I thank you for this house. I thank you for the eagle's nest, Lord. I thank you that you're causing such momentum and strength upon this body and acceleration in the mighty name of Jesus. Now just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment because that spirit of might is coming upon you. Whew.
I'm telling you, God is breaking some of you out of a season that you've been in and you're starting to walk in newness and freshness. Some of you have said, I've been in this place where I felt dry, I felt weary, I need to get out of this season. I feel in limbo. God is breaking you out into a whole new season where he's going to release rivers in your wilderness. Somebody say rivers. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now somebody give God a mighty shout. I love it, man. You guys are you guys are fiery. This is something the Lord gave me in 2019, which I believe it's going to mark the next 10 years, this next decade that we're that we're already in. Listen, God's not done with the church. I, I don't care what the news is telling you. I don't care what it looks like. The church is going to move on, and Jesus is still on the throne. His name is above every name, and God is very, very interested in raising up a generation that would advance his kingdom in the earth. And I started to seek the Lord in 2019 because I said, God, I want to be part of what you're doing. I want to be part of your army, and I want to know what is your heart for America, and what are you doing in the church? And so the Lord gave me this dream, and in this dream, I was sitting on a platform, and there were several leaders on this platform, but there was a general of the faith that had a microphone, and he asked me a question. He said, Jesse, how many men or women of God raised up 12 sons or daughters under their mantle. And I started to think about it. And before I could answer, they said, how many men or women of God raised up a generation? And he said, that's what God is calling you to do. And he's calling leaders to do is to raise up a generation. So the heart of the Father this season is that we would begin to multiply the oil and we would have places for training and equipping others to do the miraculous, to flow with heaven, to, to be released and thrust into their calling and their destiny, their assignment. Because every person in this room has an assignment. You have a destiny. Whether it's fivefold ministry or or it's the marketplace, every every person in this room is called to see miracles, signs, and wonders. We are a signs and wonders generation. Somebody say, "I'm part of that army, part of that breed." So that's what God is doing. He's calling us into this place of multiplying the oil, multiplying the the anointing. How many know that? The anointing can rest on an individual, but you can move in gifting, you can move in power. But when you begin to release impartation into others and you pour what you have into others, 
there's something of a multiplication. A prophetic picture of this would be 2 Kings chapter 4, where Elisha is led to this widow woman that's in debt, and the debt collectors want to come and take her sons as slaves to pay off the debt that she owed. But see, Elisha said, what do you have in your house? And she said, I have a little vial of oil. And he said, go and borrow vessels, borrow not a few, and begin to pour that oil into those vessels. And as you do it, the oil will increase. So as many vessels as she could get a hold of, she began, she began to pour out that oil, and the oil multiplied, and the oil did not cease until she ran out of vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You know what we are? We're vessels. We're vessels to be used by him. But God is calling leaders to this mandate to multiply the oil. So I'm, I'm prophesying this. I'm prophesying this over this house that this would, would be a healing center. It would be a training and equipping center, but also I see like a school, a school of the miraculous, I don't know, a school of the supernatural, a school of raising up others. And when I say generation, I'm not just talking about young people. I'm talking about the young and the old, the Joshua's and the Caleb's that are called to run together for the advancement of God's kingdom in the earth. So this is the mandate that God is calling us to. Oh, man, I'm excited about this. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's doing in the earth. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and we're going to get into some things tonight. Luke 4, 18. Is it okay if I prophesy a little bit tonight? Is that all right? You know, when I'm not prophesying, I'm prophesying, just so you know. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Somebody say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach. Somebody say, preach, Jesse. I'm going to preach. Shikatara basata. I'm about to step in that T.D. Jakes mantle tonight. Tell you what. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This is Jesus publicly declaring his ministry after he just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was baptized by John in the water, and then the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. Why am I telling you about this? Because this generation 
is going to look like Jesus. They're going to walk in power as Jesus walked in power. They're going to walk in purity as Jesus walked in purity. They are going to model after the greatest example, the greatest ministry model, which is Jesus. So if we're going to prophesy about a coming generation, they must be walking in the characteristics of Jesus because that's what we're called to look like, right? That's what we're called to resemble. So look at this in Luke 4, 24. This is interesting. Surely I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country, but I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens was shut up for three years and six months. And there was great famine throughout all the land. But none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So understand the importance of what Jesus is saying. He's comparing his ministry to two powerful prophets under the Old Covenant, the prophet Elijah and the prophet Elisha. And he goes on to say that Elijah was in Israel during the time of a famine, and he was only sent to one widow woman. And Elisha, the prophet, during a famine, during a time where there were many lepers in Israel, was only sent to one leper. Can you imagine, in the time of a famine, how many widows were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet? But he's only sent to one. Then Elisha is only sent to one leper. So what is Jesus saying? You're only sent to those that recognize that you're sent. See, see, when a prophet of God is sent to a region, they, they've been sent on an assignment, and so often we don't recognize that prophet. We don't recognize that mantle, so we fail to receive the blessing that rests on the man of God that is plowing and doing something, birthing something in a region. Oh, I feel the Spirit of God on this. See... See, because you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, and you receive what? A prophet's reward. Well, that reward doesn't just mean prophecy. That reward can be a healing in your body. That reward can be a deliverance. It could be, it could be a blessing, a breakthrough that comes into your life because you recognize the mantle and you say, I see the blessing, I'm walking towards the blessing, and I'm going to receive something from the mantle. So often we look at prophets and think that what they do is they prophesy. See, that's where the body of Christ has missed it. And that's why God is placing an emphasis upon the prophetic, the uh, prophet's office. And we're seeing that office restored. And God is raising up others in the full measure of the prophet. What's coming, you haven't seen before. 
what is coming is coming in a greater measure than what you saw in the 1980s and what you saw in the 90s and what you saw in past moves. We always prophesy the coming move compared to the past move, but we're going to miss it if we do that. We're going to fail to recognize what God is doing, what God is releasing through a generation because they're not going to look like the past generation. God's raising up a generation that will not just move in utterance gifts, but will move in power gifts. Not just have a word from the Lord, but have a sudden manifestation of the word of the Lord. They will be those that walk in the full measure of the prophet. Trying to get this over to you because you see when we look at Jesus here, he's a prophet. He's he's the son of God. He had an earthly mission to go to the cross and to die for you and I so that we could be redeemed. But yet he's comparing his earthly ministry to the prophet Elijah and the prophet Elisha. What's interesting about that is they both had healing ministries. Prophets have a healing ministry. See, when they, when, they, when they go into a region, the power of God's released. Seems to me like when I study about prophets in the Word of God, when they showed up into a region, a city, a territory, there was something supernatural that happened. There was power that was released. It wasn't just the Word of the Lord that they were speaking. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble tonight because I'm going to upset some of you. I'm going to just shatter your little box of what you think a prophet is, and you're going to get upset. We don't need another word for the future. We need prophets, men and women of God, to carry a mantle of the miraculous and to bring breakthrough into our lives right now. I want a now anointing. I don't want an anointing for the future. I'm all for prophesying about the future, but there's only so much I can handle of sitting around and drinking Starbucks and eating pastries and talking about what God's going to do 10 years from now. It's all good. It's all great. But I've been to conferences where people are dying of a brain tumor, and we're talking about what God's going to do 10 years from now. Let's have an anointing right now to break the yoke of the enemy off of the church, off of people's lives, and see them set free. I want a breaker anointing. I, I, I want a mantle like the prophet Elijah. I, I want a mantle like John G. Lake. I want a mantle like Amy Simple McPherson. When I show up, the plague is going to be lifted off of this town, and we're going to have revival. I'm decreeing and declaring it. I, I want to move in that mantle. And you know what it really is? It's the mantle of the Lord. So you know what prophets do? They they break the religious system. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna root up. Come on, somebody. 
they're going to break down. They're going to mess with you a little bit. Think about how Elijah found Elisha plowing with 12 yokes of oxen, and he threw the mantle on him, and then he took it back, and then he just started walking by. He was messing with them. What are you going to do with this? It's going to cost you something to go after the call of God. It's going to cost you something to go after your destiny. It's not going to be handed to you. The red carpet's not going to be rolled out before you. I, I wish it was that easy, but it's just not. There was a prophet named Dr. Ed Dufresne. How many heard of a prophet named Dr. Ed Dufresne? How many have heard, well, you've probably heard of some other prophets, but you should have, you should understand, prophet Dr. Ed Dufresne, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but he was a son of Kenneth Hagin, and he was a powerful prophet of the Lord. And he said something that really hit my spirit. He said, you're not known by your title, you're known by your anointing. We want to be a people that are known by the anointing, by the presence of God, where people say, what's going on over there in New Hampshire at that church? The, the power of God's breaking out. People are getting touched by God. There's something of the presence of the Lord. I, I feel something when I walk in that building. I, I feel something connected to this ministry. We want to be a people of reputation. Think about what he's saying. Your anointing should go before your title. I've met, I've, I'm telling you, I've met apostle, prophet, apostolic. I've met, I met them all. Just read the business card. It's on there. And it's not about being prideful in yourself, but it's being confident in the anointing that's on your life, being confident in the mantle that's on your life, because Jesus had a reputation of seeing healings and miracles. We want to have a reputation of seeing the power of God. We don't make ourselves something because the Bible says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. Did you ever think about how Jesus made himself of no reputation, but he had a reputation? Nothing wrong with reputation. I, I, I thank God for people that have reputation. But see, the woman with the issue of blood said within herself, if I may press through the crowd and grab a hold of his mantle, I will be made whole. You know what the mantle is? It's the spirit of God that rests on a person's life. And she pressed through the crowd, grabbed a hold of his, of his cloak, and was healed. If I may just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Another translation said, if I just may touch his mantle. It's powerful. See, because Elijah had a mantle, we, we understand the story of the prophet Elisha, how he received the double portion. He grabbed a hold of the mantle. Do you know that what that mantle was, was the outer garment that the prophet wore? And the anointing that was on the prophet, Elijah got on that outer garment. His outer garment got saturated in the anointing. And then Elisha 
grabbed a hold of it and received something in the spirit. It's how impartation works. You grab a hold of it in the spirit. The Bible says that Paul, by the hands of Paul, there were special miracles that happened. Acts 19.10, I believe, and 11. By the hands of Paul, there were powerful miracles that happened. But they took Paul's clothes and they brought it to the demoniac. The demoniac was delivered. They brought it to the sick. The sick was, was totally healed. Do you know that they never prayed over Paul's clothes and Paul never prayed over his clothes? I'm teaching you something about the anointing tonight because, you see, the anointing is in you. And the more you begin to focus on that and you begin to stir that, the more the anointing begins to grow in you and it can saturate your clothes. Think about Peter. How Peter went from Acts chapter 3 to lifting the lame man up to, to Acts chapter 5 where the shadow of Peter just fell on those that were sick and they rose up. Peter was growing in the glory of God. He was growing in the anointing. He was, he was taking the limits off. Some of you are getting this tonight. Some of you are going to get so blasted in the Holy Ghost from learning about the anointing. I remember in the 90s, man, it was all about the anointing. That's what the message of the hour was. It was about growing in the anointing, growing in the presence of God. It was about prayer. Benny Hinn was preaching stadiums. It was a powerful time. We want to grow in the anointing. We want to be a people of reputation. Okay, I'm going to move on. Say, Jesse, why are you talking about this? Because God's releasing new assignments, new mantles, new anointings for the body of Christ. And, and, and we're at a time where there's been such a void in the body of Christ for prophets, apostles, and miracle workers that God is going to have to raise up a new breed. God always has a generation that has a move. God will always have leaders in every generation. No, brother, that's not right. See, the zombie apocalypse is upon us. I mean, Jesse, we need to stock up on bullets, beans, and rice. It's over. I'm seeing something different in the future. I'm seeing something different on the horizon. I'm, I'm preparing now from, for, from what God has seated in my heart and where he is taking us because I believe that we are going to walk into the greatest time in church history that the body of Christ has ever been. And the move of God is going to begin to fall on congregations and going to fill stadiums. God is going to raise up you. He's going to raise up me. He's raising up a generation. Somebody say, I'm part of that generation. Hit your neighbor, say, don't be prophylying. 
I'll be doing meetings. I'll, I'll go out of the meeting, man, and I, I just want to go to Hungry Howie's or something. And then somebody hems me up, and they're prophesying to me in the parking lot. Man, why are you... Why are you prophesying now? Don't be prophesying over me. I don't need your witchcraft prophecy over me. Don't don't act like we don't need teaching on the prophetic because I'll tell you the the three things you don't prophesy is marriage babies and death and I'm telling you I've heard all three of them multiple times people are like I know I'm not supposed to prophesy this but I'm just messing with you tonight can I mess with you a little bit is that all right I've been studying on the history of prophets. I, I've been studying about different prophets that the Lord raised up and the Lord used because I want to know what is available if God is raising up prophets and we're called to be a generation that's going to restore this office and we're going to walk in the full measure, then why not? Why not begin to look at different prophets like William Seymour and John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and see what's available to us and, and what are we lacking? We're really good at prophesying future. We're really good at some things, but we're lacking in some areas. Come on, I want to grow, and I want to grow in this thing. I want to, I want to grow in this. I want to, I want to walk in the full measure. How many of you heard of Benson Idahosa? Oh, we got the drummer. Come on now. He's, he's educating. He's educating himself, man. See, he's already ahead of some of you guys. Benson Idahosa was a powerful prophet of the Lord. I, I actually knew one of his spiritual sons. Came to my house. He stayed at my house. He was from Africa. And uh, he would say things like, holy sheets. <laughs> and I'd be like, does he know what that means in English? Because in America, we don't say that here. He would cast out devils. The power of God would move. I mean, it was incredible. Are we recording this tonight? Oh, no. That's all right. Oh, that's cool. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about that. But, but this is powerful because Benson was invited. He was invited to do this TV show. Because he said something publicly. He said, uh, the witch convention is canceled. It's not going to happen. Because he got word that there was going to be 9,800 witches that were going to come to his city in Africa and do a witch convention. So he just got bold in the mantle that God gave him. He got bold in his authority, and he said, the witch convention is canceled. So he's invited to do a TV show with the head witch of 9,800 witches. 
And the host said, here's how it's going to work. You're, you're going to be on the show, Benson. You're going to share about the power of the gospel for 30 minutes. And you can say a prayer. And then the head witch is going to talk about the power of witchcraft for 30 minutes. And Benson said, okay, that's fine. Let's do this thing. So they do the show. And uh, Benson, he says to the head witch, okay, you go first. So the head witch start, starts talking about the power of witchcraft. It's Benson's turn. Benson looks at the head witch, and he says, are you a witch? He says, tell me you're a witch, and I will kill you right now. So what happened was the head witch said, I'm not a witch. And the witch convention was canceled. And he stopped 9,800 witches from coming to his city in Africa. And because of what he stood for, because of the authority that he walked in in Christ, it's in the Constitution now in Africa that it's illegal to practice witchcraft. It's quiet in here. Well, I'll tell you what, if a witch comes to my meeting and tries to curse me, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to say you can repent or the, or, or the angel of the Lord is going to smite you, one or the other. You might as well come to the altar and repent. Who's going to give me five minutes? Who's, who's going to give me ten? Who's going to give me ten? Who, who's going to give me an hour? Oh, all right. Cool. I must be preaching pretty good then. Growing up, my pastor would be like, I'm landing the plane. Ten minutes. I'm, la I'm landing the plane. We're going, we're going to the Golden Corral in ten minutes, y'all. Ten minutes. That plane just kept circling the wrong way. The four-hour services, man. So there's four different flows of prophecy, and, and we can see every prophet has a different area of expertise where they flow in that area more than they would flow in a different area. But what I'm trying to teach you tonight is that every flow is available to us. And we've seen different streams and we've seen different flows. But what God is doing is he's merging these streams. He's merging these different flows. He's bringing a, bringing a totally different dynamic. There was a prophet named Howard Carter. Howard Carter was a Nabi prophet, and he would flow in this anointing of hearing the audible voice of God in his spirit, and he would begin to prophesy from hearing the audible voice of God. He never saw visions, but he prophesied out of this flow. And there was this, uh, 
there was this prophecy that he had, and he always wrote down his prophecies, and he would hand them out to people. But he went into his school of prophets, and he said, there's going to come a young man. He's going to be a champion to me, and he's going to say these words. And if this doesn't happen, if this young man doesn't come, then I'm not a prophet of God. So there was a young preacher. His name was Lester Summerall. And the, the Lord led Lester Summerall to one of Howard Carter's meetings. And as he approaches Howard Carter, he reaches out his hand and he says, wherever you go, I will go over the waves of the sea. He begins to recite this prophecy that Howard Carter had written down in his black book word for word. Howard Carter says, you're the young man that God told me that I would meet and you're going to travel the world with me. And so Howard Carter gets excited. He's a young preacher. You know, young preachers get excited with opportunities, or they meet a spiritual father, or they meet somebody. So Howard Carter's blessed. He's, he's like, praise God. I've just met this man of God. And he leaves the meeting, and he doesn't have any information of where Howard Carter is, where he's going. So he gets bummed out, and he said, oh, man. Lord, where's Howard Carter? How am I going to, I've missed this opportunity. I found my Elijah, and now I don't know where he is, where he's going. So he prays. He asks the Lord. The Lord says, sell everything that you have, buy a car. Or no, he says, sell your car, buy a passport, and go to California. So he sells everything he has, $12 to his name. He goes to California. He walks into the first church that he sees. And they greet him at the door, and they say, Howard Carter told us you'd be coming. Bless you, Lester Summerall. It's great to see you. Can you preach for us? So he begins to ask, where did Howard Carter go? I, I want to meet him. I want to meet up with him. And one person told him Japan. Another person told him India. So he seeks the Lord. The Lord says, Australia. Go to Australia. So he gets on a boat, and he starts heading to Australia. He lands in New Zealand. He, the boat lands in New Zealand. Howard Carter is ministering to the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm concerned about this young man. Uh, I don't know where he is. I'm, I'm worried about him. And the Lord said, don't worry about it, because he's down there at the harbor. See, Howard Carter was in New Zealand. He's down there at the harbor. Send a note to him, say, I'll meet you in three months in Sydney. He's going to walk into the First Assembly of God church tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is how accurate and detailed his words of knowledge were. But he sends somebody down there to meet Lester Summerall as he walks into the First Assembly of God church, hands him a note it's from Howard Carter Go on to Sydney. I'll meet you there in three months. So then they later met up together, and they went on to have revival meetings and do incredible things for the Lord. But I just thought that story was so incredible of what Howard Carter was walking in and what he pioneered, and I believe it's available for us. I believe what others have foreran and pioneered, there's something of an inheritance there for us that we can say, Lord, I see that this is available and we can press into this. 
Is that good? Somebody say raw. Raw means to see. It means dreams and visions. So this type of prophecy is prophesying from dreams and visions. It's not necessarily hearing the audible voice of God, but it's prophesying through the visionary realm. Jeff Jansen is a seer prophet. He sees and prophesies. He declares. Uh, I remember a time... My brother had just started his ministry, and I was with my dad, and we were driving in a tiny little G.O. I was crammed in the back with the keyboard, and my dad said, today is the day God's going to show me that eagle. And we said, Dad, God's going to show you a real eagle. He said, today's the day. Boys, today's the day. God's going to show me an eagle. It's going to be a real eagle. It's going to come out of the sky. We're going to see it, and it's going to be a prophetic sign that we're all called as prophets. It's going to happen. So then all of a sudden, the, this bird comes. Yeah. And we said, Dad, there's that eagle. And it was a crow. <laughs> But I kid you not, this really happened. Out of the sky, this eagle came and landed 10 feet from this tiny little geo. Its head turned, and it looked at us. And I'm telling you, the glory of God filled that tiny little car, and we could say nothing for three minutes. It was the fear of the Lord. It, it was the power of the Lord. And... Uh, I mean, I believe in signs and wonders. Do you believe in signs and wonders? I, I'm telling you, God will speak to you in the natural and give you signs that you're on the right track. Sometimes it's signs you're on the right track. Some people say, I'm single. Pray for me that I find a spouse. No, be led of the Lord, and God will show you who the right spouse is. Come on, how many of you want to have dreams, visions, you want to see in the Spirit? See, it's important to teach on this stuff because you become activated in it. As you learn and as you study about the anointing, you're going to walk in the anointing. So I love to study on the anointing. I, my greatest passion was always to see healings and miracles and to see notable, remarkable miracles. So I read every book that I could find on the healing anointing, A. Allen, uh, John G. Lake, and how they saw incredible miracle signs and wonders. And, and they raised the bar so high. Anything we're seeing now isn't even compared to what John G. Lake was seeing, except for a few. Some people are walking in that anointing, and it's, it's very, very strong. But you know what? We should be provoked. We should be stirred to say, you know what, Lord, I want to see more than what I'm seeing. I want to see the word of God increase in my life. I want to see these great and precious promises. I, I want to walk in the authority that my leader is walking in. I want to see these breakthroughs. I want to see these things happen. Somebody say, I, Jesse, you're preaching so good. I'm about to be caught up in the third heaven, have visions and revelations. <laughs> 
hey, I'm enjoying being here with you guys. I, I feel so, I feel like something is being imparted into your spirit right now. Something is being imparted into your spirit right now. How many know who William Branham was? Branham was a seer prophet that would have visions, dreams. Even from a young age, the Lord was already training him to be a prophet. One of the greatest prophets. One of the greatest prophets, William Branham, he saw visions. He would slip into visions all the time, and he had a healing mantle. So this incredible accuracy that he had with the word of knowledge gift, he would begin to tell people details of their life, and their, their faith would be so increased that as he would begin to move in a healing anointing, they'd be instantly healed. You know, you don't need a word of knowledge to receive a healing. All, all you need is the power of God to touch you. Sometimes I go to meetings and people make it hard on me. They, I, 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 they want me to get their name, their address. I mean, all you need to do is get in the line and just bam, you're healed. Shikarabasata. Happens just like that. I think we overcomplicate the way that God does things. You can receive a breakthrough just from somebody laying hands on you and you receive that anointing and then all of a sudden you're walking in breakthrough. Virtue is released. Healing power is released as you lay hands on people and pray for them. You don't have to have a word of knowledge. You don't have to have their address. But I would like that, though. I mean, some cool stuff has happened and I'm like, Lord, give me some more of that. Give me some more of that, Lord. Give me some more accurate, detailed words of knowledge. Somebody say Nataf. Nataf means to let drop like rain. These are different words for prophecy that you're writing down. Nataf means to let drop like rain. But this is different than the other flows. This is different than the Nabi flow, the Nabi prophet. The Bible says, I will raise up a prophet among you. That is Deuteronomy 18. 18, that word prophet means Nabi, means to bubble forth. Like a fountain, you're going to prophesy and the Lord's going to give you something in your spirit to prophesy. As you're diligent to step out and you're obedient to step out, the Lord gives you more and that anointing increases. It's the same with the seer anointing. When you see something, you prophesy what the Lord is showing you, what the Lord is giving you. And I, I tell you what, I like to challenge myself. So if the Lord gives me something at the grocery store and that person might think I'm crazy, that's okay. But I'm learning how to prophesy that way. We, we, have to, we have to understand how to differentiate what is me and what is God. Because not everything you're seeing is God. Some of it is your imagination, and sometimes God works through your imagination. Oh, come on, lift your hands right now. Whew, thank you, Jesus.
Lord, I thank you right now for that prophetic anointing coming upon us, Lord. For that prophetic anointing. Even tonight, Lord, I thank you for that Nataf anointing where it drops like rain. Your glory, your, your prophetic anointing begins to drop like rain in Jesus' name. That it would increase. Some of you might even start to feel rain right now drop on you. Say, why are you teaching on this tonight, Jesse? Because you're part of a prophetic remnant. You're, you're part of a prophetic uh, breed that God's raising up. And we, ha we do have to flow and learn how to flow. Could I, could I get somebody on the keys tonight? I I'm getting ready to land the plane, I promise. Job said, my speech was like the rain. So as Job spoke, there was an anointing. There, there was, the glory of God was upon his words. And as he spoke, it began, it began to fall like rain. Moses operated as a prophet of God. He, he went up on Mount Sinai, came down off of the mountain, and he had a word from the Lord, didn't he? Yeah, that, that's when God gave him the big ten. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, the Ten Commandments. <laughs> but as Moses had a fresh word from the Lord and he released that fresh word, there was an anointing that came upon the children of Israel. It blanketed the people. It was a glory that came upon them. And it was like refreshing rain. So when we have something fresh from the secret place and it's revelation knowledge, we can pray into it, we can release it, and it releases that Nataf anointing, which is a prophetic flow. It's, it's preaching, but it's like prophesying. It's a prophetic flow. It's a vein you enter into, and you begin to prophesy, and the glory of God is attached to those words, and the glory is released through those words. You can, I'll tell you what, you can flow in this anointing. You could be at the grocery store, and you could say three words to somebody, and they could get blasted in the Holy Ghost. Because you're walking in a Nataf anointing. The next flow is Masa. Somebody say Masa. Masa is the burden of the Lord. It's the hand of the Lord that comes upon you and you begin to enter into this place of intercession and prayer. You may even be woken up at three o'clock in the morning to pray for a family member of yours. God just puts you on their heart, on, on your heart and you may even feel like you're grieved, but you begin to pray for that person and then God begins to release this, this masa anointing on you until you feel the release where you feel the burden lift. That's when you know you've received a breakthrough. It's the word of the Lord that comes as a burden. See, Elijah prophesied that it would rain, 
But did you know before he prophesied, he first saw in the spirit what the Lord wanted to do. And he got on his hands and knees and he began to intercede. He began to pray. He began to pray the prophetic word through. You want to know how you can tell if somebody has a real mandate from the Lord, a real burden from the Lord, a real message from the Lord, is that they're in a place of intercession. They're in a place of of praying this thing through for the body of Christ. It's not just a prophetic word they wrote up on their website and pasted it or threw it on Facebook, but it's something they really are passionate about. They're praying this thing through. They're birthing it. They're in a place of that Masa anointing. They feel the burden of the Lord for the body of Christ, and they are praying it through. So what I believe the Lord is doing is that he is causing these different flows, these different streams to merge into one, into one stream, that we would be as as the church of Acts was birthed, they were one heart and one soul. And what God is wanting in the body of Christ is unity, is unity, and, and that we would come together, and we're going to see these different flows and these different anointings merge. I'm telling you, it's going to happen through a generation. It's this present generation, and we're going to see the full measure of the prophet. We are going to see a totally different prophet than what we've seen in the past. Some of you say, well, I I don't know about that, Jesse. I, I, I don't know if God is going to do that. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's already happening where... God is raising the bar. He's raising the expectation of what we've seen in the past. And there's a hungry generation. There's a hungry, there's a, there's a hungry generation of young preachers that are rising up to take the mandate and saying, God, we want to see revival. We want to see more than what we've seen in past moves. We don't want to do what we did 20 years ago. We don't want to do what we did 10 years ago, but God, we want to move right now. We want the kingdom right now. And tonight I feel like God is marking us to be part of that move, to be part of that breed, part of that generation. And and even last night I saw an angel of revelation, an angel of fire that was circling this place. It was a commissioning angel. And it was measuring our hearts. That was powerful what you shared, Miles, about the destiny doors. There's something to that. There's something to what's been released this weekend through uh, prophetic revelation, through through dreams, visions that the Lord has released. So tonight, heaven is marking you. Stand to your feet tonight. 